When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio with Evan Canty and Michelle coming to you live from the Seaport brought to you by Grey Goose. After day one of the Major League Baseball playoffs that saw Texas win on the road at Tampa, Minnesota get their first win in the baseball postseason since 2004, an 18-game postseason losing streak. The Diamondbacks, after being down 3-0 to the Brewers, win that game 6-3, and the Phillies, beyond Zach Wheeler's performance, win against Miami in that first game, and now you have game twos all across ESPN Radio and all of the ESPN family and networks on the TV side as well. We'll have the games today beginning 3 p.m. Eastern time with the first pitch. So 3, 4, 37, and 8. We got all four games at Unsports ESPN. The poll question is up because we've been talking a lot about the attendance and the fan impact on these games because mm-hmm. we had players talking about a post game in Philly and Minnesota, how great the fans were, how awesome it was. They energized them. You have CC saying, you don't realize how energizing it is to actually get booed versus <laughs> silence like we've seen in Tampa with only 19,000. So at Unsports ESPN, where you can weigh in, what's the worst professional sport to watch in person? So before I give you guys the results on the Dr. Pepper call in line and tweet in line, for you guys, how would you answer that question? The worst professional sport to watch in person with the acknowledgement, none of them are bad, but we're ranking them fourth. Who would be fourth for you? Or what uh, would be fourth, excuse What me. would be worst? Yeah. I would say baseball. Baseball is the worst in person. Okay, yeah. Smalls? Football, without a doubt. NFL football specifically. College is a different conversation. See, I think it's. I think you guys nailed the two. I actually would lean towards football in person, but it's, here's why. The football viewing experience at home, oh. YouTube uh, has it all. Oh, right? yeah, YouTube TV. There we go. Has it all. Give a shout-out to the wife. It's ball it's, TV. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, shout-out to the wife. YouTube it's TV. It's true. Right. YouTube yeah, TV. It's a thing. Jim Harbaugh's talking about it. It's right. amazing. Exactly. It, the football at-home viewing is so unbelievable that you're doing the compare and contrast of what would I get there Versus what would I get here? You watch on Sunday morning. I got one screen on ESPN Plus with the Disney and the Toy Story for the kids and Mm -hmm. another screen watching the game. How can that not be better than going to a game? Uh It is so amazing. So it's more of the football at home viewing is such an A++++. Now, on the radio, baseball is the best. And we'll have it for you all day today. Baseball on the radio. No doubt. On the radio is the best. That's why I say that football is the worst in-person viewing experience because I'm doing the compare and the contrast. Now, are you saying that because you're missing out on all the other games Bingo. that you could be watching? Bingo. Is you're that what it is? Zone. Bingo. Okay, yeah. so that's what it is. All because right. even I feel like even if you love your team in the NFL, you still are interested in other teams in a way you're not in other sports. If I were to go to a Miami Heat game, I'm not thinking about Oh, the Mavs and T Wolves are playing tonight. I'm missing that. Now, <laughs> right. I'd actually be me. I'd actually be interested in that. You guys know yeah, that. You're right, though. But I'm not thinking that. Right. If I'm at, if we go to a Giants game and it's Giants. Se- well, that's a bad example. It's Monday, but let's say the Giants Seahawks was was Sunday at one. Mm-hmm. The entire time we're going to be checking our phones or watching YouTube TV on our phones with the the Sunday ticket. 
wondering about everything else going on. So you feel there's a, there's a FOMO aspect. Okay, of it. so here's the thing. I'm going to give you this proposition. In Smalls, I'll open it up to you too. Okay. If you have to go to a sporting event, you have to go to a game. You're saying that you would rather go to a baseball game than a football game? Without a doubt. Wow. Not even a question. Okay. okay, now you just flipped it on me. Yeah, that's no, what I'm saying. No, I don't yeah, know would that you, I would rather. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. I would rather, like, like, to me, that makes it an easier choice to go with football. To me, it's about the pacing of the game, too. You're right, okay. Evan. The, the NFL's actually done themselves a disservice if they want to put butts in seats because they have made the television viewing experience so outrageously great that it's hard to want to deviate from but that. But yet they still put butts in seats. But I would have to question whether I would rather go to the game versus, like Evan said, have the quad box on YouTube TV or be watching Red Zone. There's all of these different options, right? Whereas for baseball, I know I'm going to go to the game. I'm going to settle in. It's just like the NFL. It's like you start, mean you're going to no, take but, a nap? But, but the NFL, no, but, but part of no going because to- I'm watching just that game and concerned about just that game as you said. I know I'm going to get Evan on my side. When you go to an NFL game, it's not just about your experience in the stadium and watching the game. You get to tailgate. Yeah, that's you true. get to you get to tailgate. Like, I went to a like, Jets, as a, I went to as, a, as a former player, that. like yeah. I played in the NFL for over a decade, even in college. Like I used to be jealous of the people in the parking lots tailgating. I'd walk by, like, damn, that smells good coming from that grill. How can I get a part of that? Like you just seeing people throwing the football, <laughs> having fun, chugging beers, all of that. Like that's a part of the NFL experience. Like the opportunity to tailgate. When I say the word tailgate, everybody thinks of a football game. That's a Ain't, no, ain't nobody thinking about baseball. Ain't nobody no, tailgating for football. basketball. But you think of football. That's a I great think of, point. I think tailgate. of football, but I think of college football. But tailgate is not sports specific. No. It's not sports it's not. specific. Oh, people tailgate for baseball games. Okay, but you have to tell us that. Tailgating, to me, is not by definition sports specific, yet you never think about it outside of any other sport but football. No, you're right. Maybe like a wrestling event or like something like that, some sort of out, a concert. Maybe you would yeah, think of a little bit. Maybe, yeah. But the results of the poll, by the way, the worst professional sport to watch in person. Uh, Baseball is leading the way at thirty-seven point two. Basketball twenty-five point three. Football twenty-three percent. Hockey. 14.5%. Excuse me. So by having the least percentage, you're actually winning? Yeah, oh. hockey is amazing in person. If, it's amazing If you in go person. to a hockey game and you have a bad time, that's a you problem. Right, right. It's an interesting thing. The best in person for me, I'd take basketball. I would take Basketball is dope. I would say this. Hockey, if you're up against the glass, if you could see the game that close, you have an appreciation for how fast that uh, is. Like, it's unbelievable. It's incredible. I'm just, wait, I'm just waiting for Javante to jump it's in incredible. on this. It's, it's incredible. It's Javante incredible. Javante likes to point out the humble brags. Javante Lawrence. It's not a humble. Producer. First of all, I know. When, I, when I went to the game, I didn't actually have a seat. I, I knew somebody that was doing post-game for Islanders and for Rangers, and so they let me come and hang out with them against the glass right by the tunnel. So I didn't actually have a seat, Javante. It's not a humble brag. I just I'm like just, the fact you always explain yourself. Like no, you just no I feel like I have to. I feel like I have to with you. Because you always go look at me trying to look down on people. I'm not simply saying that I'm I'm not trying to say that I'm a baller in that way. I'm just saying if you have the experience to watch a hockey game against the glass, it's a whole different level of appreciation. Yeah, if you have the sport. funds, if your wallet allows it. Well, no, but I okay, you played you played eleven years in the NFL and yeah. you're on national TV and radio. I think the assumption by everyone listening is that you would have a hookup to get you a better seat than average everyday person. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, that's fair. But it is but, a but, humble brag. But, okay, fair enough, fair enough. It, two things can be true. I guess all I'm simply saying is I didn't actually have a seat. 
like I never actually had a seat against the glass. I was standing you up. Stand in the suite. I was standing in the owner's up. box. That's well, where you that, stand. we're not talking about that. Oh, that's okay. a different. You know thing. what I'm that's hearing a different here? Different thing. Yeah, I'm hearing team building exercise. We all go. We sit against the glass. Hockey game. Okay, New we're York not. City. Yeah, I just want to be clear. Just I just want to get to a game. I want to use CC's. The two of us, we ain't going unless it's front row or suite. So if you can get that, look at you two. Oh my god. Wait, who said that? I didn't say that. What happened there? I mean, we can figure that out. We, uh, something we can work on. Yeah. <laughs> I've never no, said courtside. Are we, go, are we going game? to the Garden or are we going to UBS? Which one are we going to? We're going to whatever. We're going market. to the Islanders. No, we're no, going no, to the no. Rangers. Either, Which one? Either, one. Either one. Hold on. We're going to whatever market across the country loves our show enough <laughs> to bring us. I love that to a suite. I love that to a front row at a hockey game or courtside. To a, please, a courtside never at a done basketball it. game to. wherever. Hey, we'll come to you. We'll there come we to you. Who wants we'll play, to bring We'll us? play a road game. Yeah, we'll play a road game. We we'll don't need to go to Madison game. Square. We don't need to go there. Whatever market out there is like, you know what? Let's get these three to our market to experience a great basketball or hockey game. We want it inside. We don't want to get wet and cold and everything like that. No, so no, we no. want it there. And let's go. Great seats, etc. I like it. Now, uh, Pittsburgh could be one of those markets. Obviously, a great hockey market with the Penguins. Pittsburgh has been a dominant football market forever. And a concept was discussed in the Pat McAfee show yesterday. Yesterday, noon until 3 Eastern Time, ESPN, ESPN Plus, YouTube as well. Um, that is, I don't know that it's ever been discussed in the, what, 15, 16 year history of Mike Tomlin with the Steelers. Take a listen. Feels like this is a different year for Tomlin. Feels like mm. all the acceptance of just him being the coach for the Steelers is being viewed a little bit differently. And every time he does, which this is how Tomlin has answered things for his entire career as the Pittsburgh Steelers head coach. He's been loyal to his very core, like that, to his coaches. Yeah. He is going to remain the same thing. He has all his statements that basically say, we don't overreact when everybody else is doing it. But it feels like this year, the reaction from the people that are normally on his side, because there's always been detractors in Pittsburgh, but the people that are normally on his side, sounds like they're getting a little bit more quiet and it's like going the other way. Could you imagine Rooney decides like, all right, it's time to move on from Mike Tomlin? It feels like that's chance this year and i've never felt that over the last 15 years pretty much with tomlin as the head coach there's pat mcafee talking yesterday the pat mcafee show can i can i deliver a message to the pittsburgh steeler fans out there because this this has me riled up here Mm -hmm. (laughs) let's understand something you have arguably the greatest ownership group in all of sports in the rooney family that's been there forever you've had three head coaches in your lifetime basically yeah since 1969 they've had three head coaches chuck noel bill cower and mike tomlin all of them hall of famers yeah You have stability within your organization with little to no drama ever. Don't you dare start to complain about Mike Tomlin. I understand it looks different than it used to. I understand that it looks different than Ben Roethlisberger or Terry Bradshaw. I get it. You are never, and I mean never, going to find a better head coach for your team than Mike Tomlin. If you don't love what's happening now, I understand it. They could be better. I get it. You want to see further development of Kenny Pickett? The thought of even attempting to run Mike Tomlin out of town, if you're a Steelers fan, is one of the dumbest thoughts you possibly could have. You will never upgrade over this guy. Yeah, it's, it's never pretty when you move on from Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Like, we, we've seen that, right? We saw with Eli Manning and the New York Giants. We're seeing it with the Patriots and Tom Brady. We saw it with Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints. To some degree, you're seeing it with the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Like, it's never easy to transition away from a Hall of Fame quarterback. And yet, Mike Tomlin gives you an opportunity to be competitive even by doing that. They had a winning record in year one with Kenny Pickett. 
and look at the way that that season started. Wasn't great by the Steelers. I want to say they were like two and seven, and then they were able to reel off those games. I think they won something like seven of the last nine games. Like that, that, like to me, like that's that's a sign of good coaching. Like it, it, embrace the fact that you have a coach that's going to give you an opportunity to be competitive. I understand you're frustrated. You've only had three playoff wins since you lost to the Packers in Super Bowl 45. I understand that it might not look the way that you want it to look. You lost to the Houston Texans. But it's not as if you don't have a good coach. You have a guy that can play a brand of ball, adapt his style based on the talent that's around him. And I think you have to have that appreciation level for Mike Tomlin. If you don't, you're out of your minds. It's kind, it's kind of like what we talked about with Bill Belichick, right? He's in a prison of his own making because of the consistent success that he's had. When this, when you don't meet your own standard that you've set, it becomes a problem. But I don't know what the knock could possibly be on Mike Tomlin up at this point. Yes, right now it doesn't look like it always has. But this is a, a person who extracts the best out of his players, gets them ready to play for him all the time. He is somebody that has had consistent success. He has a culture. He has an identity. You bring up a great point about there never being bad headlines or drama. Remember the Antonio Brown stuff? Yeah. He kept the Antonio Brown quiet. 100%. You only I mean, found out about that. that after he left Pittsburgh. Mike Tomlin made sure that stuff never left the locker room. He keeps it cool, calm, and collected. So many other franchises would love to have Mike Tomlin as the head coach. What you're saying if you want to get rid of Mike Tomlin is that you're okay with the Steelers being really, really bad in order to get a top draft pick and find a surefire quarterback. That's what you're saying. Now, unfortunately for you, that's never been how the Pittsburgh Steelers operate, even when they got Ben Roethlisberger. That's not how they get down. They don't want to be really, really bad. So you got to make a decision, Steelers fans. Do you want to get rid of Mike Tomlin and have your team be a two or three win squad? You want to be two and 15 you want to be 3 and 14 that's okay that's what you're signing up for if you move on from Mike Tomlin right now so just understand that's what you're asking the organization to do you want to take a massive step back in order to take a leap forward I just don't think that's what you're supposed to be looking for in the NFL I will trust Mike Tomlin with Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky more than I would trust his replacement with the number one pick in the draft it's proven not every number one pick in the draft Baker Mayfield Jameis Winston even Goff to some extent. Not every number one pick in the draft is going to be a home run at all times. They have moments, but not at all times. Give me Tomlin, middle-of-the-road quarterback, over someone else coaching versus the risk of whoever you're going to take number one. That's how much faith I have, at least, and I know we all have in Mike Tomlin, that you are crazy if you want someone else other than Mike Tomlin. Coming up, would a Cowboys win against the Niners potentially be the most impressive team by impressive win by any team this season so far? We'll get to that. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today 
to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, Sirius XM80, ESPNU, ESPN app, all of our great stations across the country. She is Michelle Swalman. He is Chris Canty. I am Evan Cohen. And we have a massive game this weekend in the NFL between the Niners and the Cowboys. Hello. We have games all day today. On ESPN Radio Baseball, the Rangers trying to win two in a row on the road at the library in Tampa. Uh, the Twins, of course, won game. Nobody picked up on that? I did. Yeah. I laughed. Uh, mm-hmm. The Twins win their first playoff game since 2004. They try to close it out against the Blue Jays today. Diamondbacks try to close it out on the road at the Brewers. And the Marlins and the Phillies, game number two, which Pat Costello, our producer, is going to. We have yes. confirmed. Shout out to Vivid Seats. Uh, Miss Pat is going to that game. We have another huge game you could buy tickets for through Vivid Seats with Dallas at San Francisco uh, coming up on Sunday night where Jerry Jones is hyping up the opposition for this game, and he did it on 105.3 The Fan uh, talking about the Niners. I like our defense. I think we're playing better than we've played, and we've been playing some pretty good defense last few years. And frankly, this is the best I've felt about our offense this year, uh, certainly during training camp or any time. I think if we maximize what we're doing with Dak and execute, and we were able to execute the other day. They were letting us do some stuff and uh, out there on those corners that uh, really gave us some wind. And uh, we're going to need some wind early with San Francisco. There's uh, no reason physically, no reason scheme-wise, that we shouldn't go out there and play well enough to win a football game. Frankly, we need to worry about uh, execution and need to worry about ourselves and not so much about what they are because uh, they are right now uh, probably the uh, most likely team to uh, go in the Super Bowl. And, uh, but in order for them to get there, they've got to go by us. Yeah, I mean, not really. They don't really <laughs> go by the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, they could not win this week and still get to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Listen, he's right. I don't think any of us are going to argue that if you look at San Francisco right now, along with Philadelphia, to be fair, they're the two best teams in the NFC. The Niners have won 14 games in a row. They are awesome. But if the Cowboys go on the road this week and win at the Niners, would we put that above what you love, which the Bills win against the Dolphins, right? Mm-hmm. The, the Lions win above, against the Chiefs. The way in which the Dolphins beat the Broncos, scoring 70 points. Yeah. Would we rank that number one? Yeah, I think we would rank that number one because the, the big thing about the Bills beating the Dolphins is that we had so many questions about the Bills. We got a lot of questions about the Dallas Cowboys, especially after what happened two weeks ago against the Arizona Cardinals in the desert. Now, What adds the extra layer to this, and to me is the deciding factor between those two outcomes, is the fact that this is the team that has put the Cowboys out of the playoffs in the past two postseasons. 
Like being able to exercise those demons and go back out to the Bay Area in the division round where you lost last year and get that win against a team that everybody is acknowledging might be the most completed football, to me that's the difference. But locking in on what Jerry Jones said just now, mm-hmm. what he said reading in between the lines is that, Dak Prescott, this on you, bro. Like, like, like we're talking about this team being a championship contender and having all of this talent. If we maximize what we're getting from Dak, it's about it's about us. We'll be fine. Like that's what Jerry is saying. Dak, if you want to get paid the kind of money you're going to be looking for in a contract extension this offseason, go out here and prove to me that you can be the difference in one of these games against a team that's looked at as one of the best, if not the best, in all of football. If you can do that, then not only can this team get where the way they want to go, but you can get your bank account charged up like you want to this offseason. To me, this is Jerry Jones putting this game on Dak Prescott. It's funny that you said that, CC, because when we listened back to that clip of Jerry Jones, I wrote down, worry about execution. You don't think that he's talking about Dak Prescott? No doubt. And taking care of the football? That's his veiled way of saying, if Dak does his job, I trust everybody, I trust the defense enough that if Dak can execute and take care of the football, we have enough personnel and we have the right scheme that we should be able to beat them. The crazy thing, though, with this matchup, even if Dallas executes perfectly, they still may lose. Yeah. Yeah, That's the 49ers are but, but, but if you point to any any place on this team, what's got to be the difference for the Dallas Cowboys? Well, based on the pay scale, it's going to have to be the quarterback, right? Yeah. The Dallas Cowboys got a quarterback that's making $40 million a year. What, what is Brock Purdy getting? Is Brock Purdy getting, what, a million bucks this $40 year? an hour. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's ridiculous. Do they pay Brock Purdy hourly? Is that what right, they do? Hourly rate. Can you imagine if they did that? They're like, hey, we're going to pay you an hourly rate. He would have said fine. Like, what, are you kidding me? As of the last to pick the in the court, draft. To be the quarterback yeah. of this team? Of the best team in the league, arguably. A thousand percent. But my point is, if there's going to be a difference in this game, it's going to have to be by that. The 49ers have a... I'm not going to say a decided advantage, but it feels like they have an advantage in every other aspect. When you look at the skill position players, I probably lean toward the 49ers with CMC, Debo, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk. When you look at the defense, I lean toward the 49ers. Even though it's really, really close, I lean that way because they got playmakers on all three levels. And remember, Trevon Diggs got hurt two weeks ago for the Dallas Cowboys. So I, I, I look at Dak Prescott in this spot and say he's got to be a force multiplier and over to overcome all of the other disadvantages that Dallas has in this matchup. We've talked a lot about Dallas. I also think we're going to learn a little bit about Brock Purdy. You know, the 49ers. Brock. I'm very excited for the podcast to come out with you singing solo on that love one. It, love it. But so far, the 49ers, and yes, they look like the most dominant and complete team in football, but they've beaten the Steelers, the Rams, the Giants, and the Cardinals, right? If Brock Purdy is able to go out there and ball against this Dallas defense, I think that we'll be talking a little bit more about him and that MVP conversation like we had earlier this week. Yeah, I also think there's one other storyline with this game that makes me old, but I I truly believe this. I love when like the rivalries that we grew up watching are now rekindled in a way that become relevant. The mm. Niners and the Cowboys were that game. And Dion, by the way, was a huge part of it because he played on both teams. And when he went from one team to the other. But the Niners and the Cowboys being relevant again is awesome in the way in which it is right now. Like, if Yankees and Red Sox are good, it's good for the sport. If the Cubs and the Cardinals are good and they have a rivalry, it's good for the sport. The Knicks and the Heat, the Knicks and the Bulls. Like, there's something. And it's not a Northeast thing as much. as you Celtics and Lakers, who I believe should play on Christmas every single year. And they should make that the thing like the, NBA, the NFL has with the Lions and the Cowboys. I just think that the Niners and the Cowboys both being great right now or potentially being great 
and rekindling that is good for the sport. I love that, but when you talk about Cowboys Niners, you're talking about Bill Walsh, George Seifert, and Jimmy Johnson. It doesn't feel like Mike McCarthy fits in that group. Like, if we're going to do which one doesn't belong, Kyle Shanahan is one of the best coaches in all of football. And so that's also at play here. Like, what happens with the coaching matchup, the X's and O's, the game within the game between the two head guys? I, I would be curious to see what Mike McCarthy can do to offset some of the things from a, a scheme standpoint that Kyle Shanahan has been able to have some success with. It's funny that we say that about Mike McCarthy when he's won a Super Bowl. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's so overlooked so often. I get it. I get it because the playoffs, it drives you crazy. I understand So who's it. the best? Like, I'm, I'm asking, who's the best coach in this game? The best coach right now is Kyle Shanahan. Okay. Who's had the best coaching career is definitively Mike McCarthy. Because Kyle Shanahan is like 45 years old. I know. <laughs> he's, 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 but when it's all said kid. and done, it still may be Mike McCarthy. There's a chance it still is Mike McCarthy. Full resume start to finish. Yeah. Not in the moment right now. Not, not the fact that I beat the brakes off of this dude in the postseason the last two years. Well, that's fair. <laughs> but again, still, that's a who would you rather have versus yeah, the but resume. That's, but that's what I'm saying. Who's the better coach in this every game? Football in this take, game. Every Kyle football fan will take. Every football fan will take Kyle yeah. Shanahan. Yeah. But that doesn't mean Mike McCarthy's bad. No, I'm not saying he's bad. But a head coach, it, you look at that as an opportunity to give your team an advantage. In this matchup, Mike McCarthy does not give the Dallas Cowboys an advantage, at least on its face. Now, he has an opportunity to prove us different, yeah. and that's one of the things that we're looking for. This is a prove-it year for both Dak and McCarthy, and in this game, it feels like this is an opportunity to send a loud message to everybody in the football world. Real quick, when's the last time it hasn't been a prove-it year for a Cowboys quarterback or a Cowboys head coach? Year two, Dak Prescott. He, was, he outperformed his contract, to, and probably year two, Tony Romo as a starter, because they both outperformed their contract to such an extent in year one that we probably had a tiny bit less pressure than on them in year two. But, but doesn't I could it feel wrong. like whether it's it, Romo or Dak or Garrett feel, or McCarthy, we, we've been, prove well, it, hot seat, well, hot well, seat. Well, with the coach, first of all, with McCarthy, his first couple of years, they weren't going to fire him, right? Like right. the Dak injuries, that wasn't going to happen. With Dak Prescott... It's been a situation where once he gets paid, there was no way they were going to get rid of him. Jerry Jones had to give this guy $70 million in year one of the contract extension that he negotiated. So that's not really a prove-it year either. It might be a prove-it year from the fan standpoint, but not to ownership, and that's the only thing that matters. Coming up next is Josh Allen, actually the current MVP of the NFL. We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. You are watching us, we hope, on ESPNU or the ESPN app. You're listening to us on your local ESPN station across the country, so shout out to however you are listening to us, Sirius XM80, and of course, as I mentioned, on the ESPN app. All right, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you a statement. You respect it or check it. Eric Bieniemy 
will be the new commander's head coach next season. He's currently, of course, their offensive coordinator. Respect it or check it? I'm going to respect it. I mean, listen, if Sam Howell can survive this season because he's the most sacked quarterback in football, then I think he'll show enough and he'll put this commander's team in a position where they can compete for the postseason. If that happens, then there's no way that Eric Bieniemy is not a coaching candidate the next hiring cycle. And if you're Washington, you want to keep your young quarterback tied to his play caller and his, his, his play designer, and that would be Eric Bieniemy. So to me, this thing, if it goes the way I think it's going to go for the commanders, there's no way in which he's not the commander's next head coach. I'm going to check it. I hear everything you're saying, CC. It makes a lot of sense. But Ron Rivera is still the head coach. And if Washington's having success this season, I don't know why they would want to rock the riverboat and remove Ron Rivera from that post. I think Eric Bieniemy will be a head coach, but I think he's going out west. I don't see it as Washington's head coach. You say out west. I'm, the Chargers is mm-hmm. where you're going on mm-hmm. that one? Yeah, let's be clear on this. This whole topic that we have discussed on this show has been the unique scenario in which someone is successful at their job and Ron Rivera but someone else gets more credit for it in the offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy, and we ain't arguing that concept. All right, respect it or check it. Justin Fields will be the Bears' starting quarterback next season. Check it. He's not going to be the Bears' starting quarterback. They got the first two picks in the draft right now. <laughs> you know what? Let me. Re- I'm rephrasing it on the fly. Respect it or check it. Justin Fields will be the Bears' starting quarterback for the rest of this season. That's a better question. Yes, I'll, I'm going to respect that one. I'll respect it. Okay. Smalls? I'm going to respect that, too. Um, I don't think it's going to be great, but I think that he'll still be under center. But I don't think anybody thinks he's going to be the quarterback next year. Um, respect it or check it. Mac Jones will get benched this year by New England. I respect it. Bailey Zappi show is going to happen. Now, I get that Belichick did it last week because it didn't make any sense for Mac to stay in. They had no hope. But I think it'll get bad enough in New England where they decide that they're going to be desperate and do something different. And the quarterback is the first person that people point to other than the head coach. So, yeah, I'm going to respect it. I think Mac Jones does get benched at some point this year. I think so, too. I'm going to respect it as well. I wonder if that is another nail in the Belichick might be out of here coffin or if it's a log on the fire to keep it burning. Like, give me let, let me have another chance to get a better quarterback or if it's like, hey, you had a hand in this, you couldn't extract the best out of him. Look what you did with the coordinator situation last year. You ruined him. We got to move on. Yeah, I'm checking it. I don't think they're going to bench him for non-injury related reasons. I just don't see it. I don't think they're high on Bailey's happy. That's the other part of it. I think everybody assumed they were. I mean, remember, they released him in the preseason. And they got him back, but they released him initially. Respect it or check I say it right. Respect it or check it. I got to do it based on the way the graphic is. Well done, Jerry. Um, Josh Allen is the MVP. I'm going to respect it. I'm going to respect I can't believe I'm saying that. I don't want to be defending Josh Allen in this instance, but how could you not respect that? I mean, you're talking about a guy that's top five in QBR and pass touchdowns, and we saw him have the most dominant performance in a, in a win – one of the most dominant win in the NFL season, what we saw him do against the Miami Dolphins, which were thought to be a juggernaut. So, yeah, if Josh Allen can find his way to another division title and be in the top five in all of these gaudy passing categories and have a 75% completion percentage, which is where he's sitting right now, yeah, he's going to be the MVP. I don't know. I think that first game versus the Jets, those four turnovers three times by Jordan Whitehead alone might be the out, the asterisk on the resume that prohibits him from doing it. Because even though the Bills beat the Dolphins, I would say top to bottom, Tua's resume so far this season looks better than Josh Allen's, right? And if but, that's the outlier for the Bills, couldn't you see Tua's name be thrown out there, thrown out there more than Josh Allen's? I can see that, but we with Tua, you're always holding your breath. I, I guess for different reasons you're holding your breath with these quarterbacks, but I know Josh is going to be out there. We've seen Josh not have to worry about the health concerns as much. 
And so I, I think that he's going to be there at the end, be able to compile the kind of stats that it would take to win an MVP. The only thing we want to see him do is cut down on the turnovers. If he does, it's not only going to lead to his individual success, but it's going to lead to team success. So one, one thing that I would say check it on, and I think he's trending in this direction. The reason I'd say check it is four games into a, into a season, if we say what was the reason they lost the one game they lost? Josh we, Allen. That's why I have a hard time saying it's Josh Allen right now. Now. Because they lost that game, I think he's trending in an amazing direction because he's learned from it a little bit. But I think two is more deserving. I'd argue Mahomes is more deserving. I think Lamar Jackson is being slept on from an MVP candidacy because we've seen it before, and maybe it's not his best season, but he's good enough here so far this year, and I think we need to think about him. And I think after Sunday night, Brock Purdy should be in the conversation as well. Mm. All right, um, respect it or check it. Caleb Williams, USC, is the Heisman Trophy winner right now. I'm going to respect it. I mean, the only person that I see right now being able to close the gap is Michael Penix Jr., and they've got a matchup on November 4th. Penix Jr. is going to have to win that game in order to take the Heisman Trophy away from Caleb Williams. This is a guy that we said was going to be the number one overall pick when he was draft eligible last year. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was even buzz from him at Oklahoma when he supplanted Spencer Rattler, who was thought to be a number one pick whenever he came out in the NFL draft. Like, this has been the dude for a while in college football. So in order to take that Heisman away from him and keep Caleb from going back-to-back, it's going to take a special performance and in a head-to-head style matchup. I think there's an opportunity for it, but I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen either. I think it's Caleb Williams to lose, and I don't think he's going to lose it. Well, if he does, I think it's the voter fatigue thing, right? We've heard about that a lot with the NBA MVP, yeah. with Jokic and Embiid and, and that whole argument, that I wonder if people don't want to vote somebody Heisman Trophy two years in a row. We've only seen it once with Archie Griffin, of yeah. course. I don't know how you don't vote him MVP when he's just thrashing people it's right now. All right, last one. Respect it or check it. Dame and Giannis are the best duo in the NBA right now. I'm going to check it. I'm going Murray and Jokic. They're the champs yeah. until somebody beats them. I mean, they, they have the perfect styles to complement one another. I mean, both guys can initiate offense. Both guys can be knockdown shooters. There's nothing on a basketball court that those dudes don't do at a high level. I think people were sleeping on Jokic's defense going into last year. He kind of changed all of that with the run that they were able to go on in the postseason. He was pretty good on the defensive side of the court, too. So I'm going to say Murray and Jokic until otherwise notified. Exact same thing. I'm going with the champs. And while Giannis and Dame look great on paper, until I see it in action, it doesn't mean it's going to work. 100%. Every single one we've done, I think, are opinion-based. I think this is fact. Mm. We, you cannot say definitively they are currently the best duo in the NBA. Now, you could say they're going to be. That's fine. We've seen countless duos not work or teams not work. I think this team is going to work. But remember Kobe, Dwight Howard, Steve Nash? That was supposed to be amazing. Maybe remember Harden, Durant, and Kyrie? That was supposed to be amazing. That was supposed to be amazing, right. yeah. And they played 16 or 17 total Something games like together. Right. right, so if you look around the league right now, Jokic and Murray definitively better than them. James and Davis in L.A. better than them. Tatum and Brown better than them. Butler and Adebayo better than them. Durant and Booker better than them. Steph, Clay, Draymond, whatever combination you want to have there, better than them. Now, 20 games into the season, different story. But as we sit here today, not playing a singular game, you cannot say Damon and Giannis are the best duo in the league. You could say, I think when the year is over, they're going to be the best duo in the league. Which one had you laughing there? I no, saw you. You called him Damon. I said Damon? <laughs> yeah, he said Damon. Damon, Damon Lillard. He just, just changes it. First Damon of all, it's and Damien. <laughs> Damon and Affleck. Best duo in Hollywood? Maybe. I don't know. DiCaprio and Scorsese have something Damon to say Damon and Affleck. That. Strongest chins for a duo in Hollywood. 
Bill Cower have a duo that he can because Bill Cower Chower Chower you know what Chowder? coming up Bill, Bill Chowder <laughs> Bill Chowder and Damon Lillard will join us next on Sportsman Life have you ridden an electric e-bike yet you need to check out electric e-bikes today the number one selling e-bike in America two things stand out that bikers love about electric number one the majority of their models come pre-assembled so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C, ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Yes, we are going to go around the bases here on Unsportsmanlike. With Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. But uh, interesting, you know what I was looking at now? Your Patriots getting active. Getting active. Somebody could find a tweet from me somewhere at Evco Radio. The day this guy left, I said, when is he going to be back? According to Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated, the Chargers are trading J.C. Jackson and a 2025 seventh-round pick to the Patriots for a 2025 sixth-round pick. New England is down their top four corners. Christian Gonzalez. Um, Jack Jones, Marcus Jones, Jonathan Jones, John Bones Jones, Chandler Jones, which is actually used to play for Jones, and Too Tall Jones. Uh, Every Jones is on the Patriots. But yeah, he's coming back. J.C. Jackson back to the Pats. Disaster with the Chargers. Awful free agent signing. I'm going to assume the money is going to be on the Chargers side and not the New England side. So it looks like J.C. Jackson is back. But now, Smalls, we have four baseball games today. Game twos between the Rangers and Rays, Blue Jays and Twins, Diamondbacks and Brewers, Marlins and Phillies, and all will be heard right here on ESPN Radio. Let's go around the bases. All right, let's do it. Let's start with the Phillies and the Marlins. The Phillies winning 4-1 over the Marlins to take the first game. But let's go to the eighth inning. This is my single. Okay, we're going to go around the bases, and we're starting at first base because that's where Bryce Harper was. And Nick Cassiano, he pops through an RBI double in the eighth inning. Harper turned on the Jets. He had some aggressive base running. And, guys, he ran right through the stop sign at third. This man was not stopping. You see the helmet fly off if you're watching us on TV. Harper's run. He he scores the run. He gives the Phillies some insurance. He reached a sprint speed of 28 feet per second and reached home in 10.34 seconds. Bryce Harper always plays the game hard, and we saw it last night. Running through. Go ahead. I was just saying, running. didn't expect that sound effect. I, <laughs> I ran like through the stop sign. Crack what just happened here? I was saying, running back. through the stop sign always scares me in general. Did you guys ever ignore signs? Like you're giving a sign from your coach, and you're like, "No, I'm I'm just ignoring that." Yeah, there might not be an I in team, but there's an I in win. So I always took the mentality <laughs> of, "Yeah, coach, I'm, I'm going to do me, and you can thank me later." I always had that mentality. 
Just Not me. I listen to authority. No, we check gangsters sometimes on the field. Like, I got to just do my own thing. Go rogue. Yeah. And Bryce, Bryce Harper's allowed to. He's Bryce yeah. Harper. It's yeah, Bryce Harper. Yeah. He's got a $300 million contract. I think he's okay. Great hair. And it yeah. worked out. I was confused as to why Schwarber didn't tag up on that pop fly in the first inning, but that's neither here nor there. All's well that ends well. All right, let's go to second base, CC, and this one's rough for you and I. Former Yankee, former Cardinal, Jordan Montgomery last night. Absolute tone setter in the Rangers' victory over the Tampa Bay Rays. He scattered six hits over seven innings. Seven innings, excuse me. He retired 14 of his last 16 batters. Monty also with a defensive gem as the uh, Rangers cruise to a 4-0 victory and their AL wildcard series opener. And Monty, guys, eligible for free agency after the World Series. In addition to his performance last night, 2-0, .67 ERA over his final four starts. My man's going to get paid. And remember, they're without Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer, and that was their starting pitcher last night who mowed down the Rays in front of four people. I will say this. The Rangers staff was outstanding. I mean, those three pitchers, they were great. And you're talking about them having their first walk came with two outs in the ninth inning. That's how good that staff – they didn't put any extra base runners on for the, uh, the, the Rays. They weren't doing them any favors. They were lights out, and that matters when we start talking about winning in the postseason. All right, we're rounding the bases. We're going to third. Love that sound. Let's talk about Royce Lewis. He was drafted first overall out of high school six years ago. He's dealt with some brutal, brutal injury luck. Back-to-back ACL tears. This season, he's healthy. He's breaking out. Injury bug bites again. He has an oblique strain midseason, a hamstring strain in September. We didn't even know if he was going to be playing in the game last night, but he was healthy. He was ready to go. In his first at-bat, he ran the full counts against Blue Jays ace Kevin Gosman. He turned on an inside corner fastball. Boom! Over the left field fence. He gives Minnesota an early two-run lead. Two innings later, he does it again on a 3-1 fastball down the middle. It goes out to right center. He gives the Twins a 3-0 advantage. He became the third player to homer in his first two career postseason plate appearances. Shout out to Royce Lewis. Yeah, 18-game postseason losing streak. They haven't won games since 04, as we've mentioned here. And- Royce Lewis was five years old when that happened, by the way. Yeah, he doesn't he remember was, that. He game. was five years old. Unbelievable. The last time the Twins won a postseason game. It's so weird. And he was you, the hero yesterday. You think of them as a good team, and they're always in the playoffs. Because they are. But they always end up losing in the playoffs. Well, all right, let's bring it on home, guys. Finally, Diamondbacks and Brewers. Arizona made the franchise's first playoff appearance since 2017. They were 0-14 in postseason games when they were trailing by at least three runs. But baseball is weird. The postseason is weird. It didn't matter last night. Corbin Carroll and the Diamondbacks came out of that early three-run deficit against Corbin Burns, no less. And they sent the Diamondbacks to a 6-3 victory over the Brewers. Corbin versus Corbin. You don't normally <laughs> see that. Um, the young guy won yesterday. First name, last name. The young name. guy won yesterday. Yeah, the younger. Corbin versus Corbin. They, they, they got him up out of there, dog. <laughs> and, and remember, they, they got without, him up out of there. Milwaukee without Brandon Woodruff, so their pitching staff is not as good. And obviously, game two today, an elimination day uh, in Milwaukee. There you go, round of the bases with Smalls. All right, time now for our unsportsmanlike moment of the day. You got Nathan Avaldi going for the Rangers. And Sonny Gray, going for, <laughs> still in baseball. Freaking Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray, who literally who they couldn't, had, who couldn't, who couldn't freaking hit could, the strike zone when he was with the Yankees. Okay, now that, that seemed happened. like that seemed like an unfair bleep. 
Why is that? Because uh, you didn't curse. He was close. It was close. It was, was it was right there. It was it was right there. It was out there, and I tried to pull it back. I tried, Ev. He did. The first if, if my mom was out. watching, I would have been uncomfortable. But I know she was on a plane back to Charlotte because she was visiting me over the weekend, so she didn't he see or hear it. But had she been watching it, I would have been a little uncomfortable. I'm well, here's the thing. It yeah. was close enough that that's the first time that anyone's actually heard it because we did dump it initially. <laughs> Oh, really? The I didn't even know that part out. of it. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Wow, they're really outing you. Here. I heard yeah. him say it. It was the first But syllables. I don't think he was actually well, mad Well, I know Tabate's in control of the board anyway. He doesn't yeah. like me. So, yeah. I mean, that's what's going to happen. So, he's just anything he can do, any way he can embarrass me, he will. It he's a, not going to miss a chance. He's not going to miss a chance to take shots at me. And I don't understand why we, we've had beef since we started the show a month ago. I don't know why Javante doesn't like me. I don't get it. I don't understand. I think we got a pretty good relationship. I thought we did, too. I don't know what's going on. Are we watching on. this live? Can we play another unsportsmanlike moment, even though this was great, so it's not really unsportsmanlike, but it kind of fits under the brand? So arguably, along with Buster Olney and many others, the best baseball reporter out there, Jeff Passan, ESPN, <laughs> well, he was previewing the series with the Rays and the Rangers, and Randy Arona's Arena has been an amazing postseason performer. Unreal. Um, well, take a listen to what Passan did to preview uh, the Rays and the Rangers. There's a guy who hits his name, Randy Rosarena. Every time he takes a swing, it is a thing. It's Cosa Buena. Running around the bases, he's as fast as a hyena. Ah, Rosarena. There's a guy who hits his name, Randy Rosarena. Every time he takes a swing, it is a thing. It's Cosa Buena. Running around the bases, he's as fast as a hyena. Ah, Rosarena. I mean, that was pretty good. Slay. No? Total slay. No, it's awful. You wouldn't give him a record deal <laughs> no, for that? it's awful. It, it's awful. He nailed it. I love no, it. No, he didn't. He didn't nail it. I can promise you Randy Rosarena doesn't like that. Oh, he better. If no, Randy Rosarena does not retweet that or post that, no, whatever it is, bad job no. by him. You'll hear about a Rosarena. The winners to try in that situation. Eastern time, the Rangers and Rays, all the baseball today <laughs> on ESPN Radio. Blue Jays, Twins, Diamondbacks, Brewers, Marlins, Phillies. Greeny coming up next. We are on to Thursday. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.